0: Hey everybody! Here in just a moment, we're going to be going into our regular prayer devotion. We just want to remind you of your tithe and offering you can give them in the boxes at the exits. We're still doing that because of COVID reasons and different things, and uh, it's been working well with us. So we're going to continually do that until further notice. So just be reminded of any kind of gift that you might want to put in. We appreciate all your faithfulness. In the area of some special prayer requests, we want you to remember Stephanie Pickard. Her mother passed away. Her mother's funeral will be tomorrow at 11 o'clock out at Woodland Cemetery. Those of you that might want to come by and show your condolences there, it's a graveside service. Also, we want you to be praying for John and Kay Darnell. John's brother passed away last night or this morning, and we want you to be praying for them as well. And also, we have uh, uh, Angie and... um, um, her husband, Derby. I'm trying to. The Mike Derby used to come here, and uh, they moved away for a little bit, and then they got come back, and they never really got back into the church. We'd been ministering to them. They kept saying they was going to come, and he was working in Chicago, and just a lot of circumstances that kept them out. But uh, Angie had uh, come down with COVID and passed away this week as well. So we want you to be remembering that family, and also. Uh, Sister Susan Moss was a part of our congregation on Ninth and Cedar, Uh, got up in age, had some problems here in the last few months, and Susan passed away this week as well. So we've had four different deaths that's been associated with the church, and we want you to be remembering those families as you pray and ask the Lord to give them special blessings and comfort of the Holy Spirit because it's a time of great grieving for them. Tonight we got just such a special, special speaker, Um, just a, I call her Miss Dynamo, man. I'm telling you, dynamite, dunamis power. She's one of my favorite teacher preachers. I tell you, she'll bring the word of God down and she'll give it to you in such a beautiful delivery. I've never seen anything like it. So anointed and she is the better half of the Thomas family. I'll tell you that for a hundred percent for sure. Would you give Janet uh, Thomas a great big hand. welcome as she comes, please? Ah, you can beat that. Give her a welcome, man. Hallelujah.
1: Well, thank you for that. I appreciate it. No pressure, no pressure, right? Is If I don't do good tonight, just don't even, don't even, just act like I did, okay? How's that? Um, But tonight, you know, I've been praying about this word for a while since uh, Randy had asked me to share it. And so tonight we're going to talk a little bit about staying on the right course in our walk with God. You know, we are uh, here at the palace, uh, you know, our prayer is to lead others to Christ and to win souls for him. And it's important that we as Christians stay on the right path. And if we don't, you know, we could be a reason why somebody could fall away because they could see what we're you know, how we've gotten off the path, and so I know I'm preaching to the choir here tonight, but I just want to remind you of some things of what God is speaking about, about staying on the right course. We know that life has a lot of paths, and there's a lot of choices in our paths and things that we um, have to uh, look at and directions. And some paths are clearly wrong, and they do take us in the wrong direction and take us to bad places. The Bible says um, in scripture that there's a way that seems right to man, but the end of that way is death. So we don't want to go that way, okay? But then there are paths that are clearly right. They're going to lead us in the right direction. They're going to take us to the place that God wants us to be and where we're supposed to be. And he says in uh, Proverbs 3, he said, in all your ways, acknowledge him and he would direct our paths or make our paths straight. So we're going to talk a little bit about that tonight. We're going to look at some things that will help us stay on the right course in case anyone has ever had an opportunity to get off course. You know, this will maybe, as a reminder, uh, let us know that we need to stay on the right course. And so one of the first things that God was speaking to me about, and I I can say in my own life, is that in order for me to stay on that right course, I have to be determined in my walk. I have to make a determination. I have to be set in my way. And when you look at that word determined, it means to be unwavering and single-minded. The Bible says in James 1.8 that a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Um, I love the way the Amplified says it. It says, for being as he is a man of two minds, hesitating, he is unstable and unreliable and uncertain about everything he thinks and feels and decides. Anybody ever been there? Not saying you're unstable, but you ever just have, you know, you just could not make up your mind about something. I mean, it's hard for me to go shopping. I mean, because, you know, of course, everything looks good, but everything is made for tall people. Even when I go to shopping at the grocery store, you know, I have to, cl- I mean, truly, I know I want to warn you, but I have been known to climb the shelf to get what I want. <laughs> if you see me, just say, just say, get it, you poor woman, let me get that for you. And I've had people do that, but sometimes I can't make up a mind. Do I want this or do I want that? And you know, I think well, I'm hesitating. I'm thinking, well, as Christians, God wants us to know exactly what we want in our Christian life and where, where we're going and what uh, is expected of us. He doesn't want us to be unstable. Now, the Western Dictionary says that it's a means of acting one way by feeling differently, especially when it involves hypocrisy and deceits. Uh, So that's a little scary. It kind of puts it down a little bit more personal. We have to make sure that we're not hypocrites. You know, when I uh, first gave my life to the Lord, which is uh, a few years back, 48 years, I guess, ago, I can remember a situation where I had um, seen a a person that I thought was a strong Christian do something, and it kind of affected me a little bit. And I went to the pastor, and, you know, he was saying some things to me. But one of the things that he, the advice that he gave me, he says, Janet, don't let people that do things wrong keep you from the presence of God. Because if you do, they're the ones that are standing in between you and God. And I thought, wow. And I've never forgot that. So I thought, you know, I know that we want to give our brothers and sisters and ourselves, I'd love for people to give me the benefit of the doubt to say, oh, maybe she didn't mean that, or maybe she didn't mean to do that. But at the same time, we need to be careful. To uh, ensure that we are not living a life of hypocrisy that we are living and staying on the course that God has called us to be on and so I thought that was a a good way uh, of putting it the Webster put it that way but something that is unstable is likely to fall or collapse So God wants us to walk in agreement with him so that we don't fall and we don't collapse while we're staying and walking this life. Now, I can tell you, it hasn't been a bed of roses for me than my whole Christian life. I've I've struggled. I've had issues. I've had problems that have come my ways. I've had to deal with, with things that were unexpected, that if I was not careful, it would have pulled me out of the presence of God. And that's what the enemy wants. See, he's not your friend, and he wants to pull you out of the presence of God. He wants to pull you out of the plan of God, what God has for your life, off of the path that God has for you. And he's very subtle about it. So it's very important that we're careful, uh, you know, when we see things like this happen. And I believe that's why God is saying we got to make up our mind. You know we got to be determined I'm going to live for God and I'm going to do what's right no matter what the world has a lot of things out there there's a lot of different things going on a lot of different ways that we can be pulled there's a lot of people that believe a lot of different things that are almost closely to something that you say if you're not careful and you don't know the words you might think that's right We've seen people that have served God for years fall away from the truth of the word because they got on the internet and read something and it pulled them off. They did not, they were not determined to stay connected to God. And that's what we have to do. Not only walk with God, but we have to stay connected to him. Amos 3 and 3 says, can two walk together unless they agree? See, we're never going to walk with God by force. God will never force you to walk with him. It's always a decision and a choice that you make. And as you read in... In Joshua, the story about Joshua and Caleb and the 12 uh, heads of uh, tribes of Israel, and they were all faced with decisions, Joshua said, you know, choose you whom you're going to serve this day, but as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. They all had a decision and a choice to make, and they all had an opportunity to get off the path that God had called them on. But Joshua said, I am determined He said, you can make the decision. You can do what you want to do, but as for me in my house, I'm going to serve God. That's determination. That's saying, I'm going to get up no matter what happens today. Somebody might say something, hurt your feelings, or or do something uh, to you, or maybe you said something and they took it wrong. Maybe they're gossiping or talking. It could be a ton of things. But be determined that you're not going to allow that to get you off the path that God has called you. You're determined. You're not going to unwaver. You're going to stay single-minded in that. So think about it this way. When we stay on the right path, um, then we are determined and we're going to follow what God wants us to follow. So there are many times when we are seeking God's will, this is what we say. God, I want you to be in agreement with what I am praying about. So see, tonight we're going to have prayer, but the word actually says in Ephesians 6 and 10, and I love the amplified, it says, be strong in the Lord, but be empowered with your union that you have with him. Our union is with God. And so we are to be in in agreement with what his word says. But sometimes we're saying, God, you just be in agreement with me and everything will be okay. But that doesn't always work. That's not exactly how it's supposed to work. Because there's a perfect will of God for our life. And there's also uh, a will that um, we have to surrender to. But the wonderful truth is God always leads us in the right direction. Even when we think that we're not going in the right direction. And, you know, I was thinking about this because I would love God's GSP. You know, he, he leads us. If we, if we just put in the directions and we're reading the word, God's going to tell us exactly where we need to go and we're not going to have any problems getting there. And I'd love that. And I've heard people, you know, say that before. And I thought that is good. God has his guidance for us. Psalms 32, eight says, the Lord says, I will guide you along the best pathway of life. And I will advise you and watch over you. That's pretty awesome. Now, the GSP that we have, it doesn't give us any advice. <laughs> it didn't watch over us. Uh, it just, we just punched in the directions. And, you know, one time David and I punched in direction to go to our daughter's house. And, man, that thing took us out in the country. We went so far out. Finally, David said, I would be surprised if we see railroad tracks. And right around the corner, we seen railroad tracks. And, I mean, it took us like an hour and a half out of the way. So it didn't advise us. It didn't say, hey, you're going off track here or whatever. No, but God's word said, I will watch over you and I will advise you. I'd love that. In Proverbs 25, 4 through 5, he says, show me the path where I should walk, O Lord, and point out the right road for me to follow and lead me by your truth and teach me. So we have to ask ourselves, am I teachable? Have you ever uh, been around someone that does the same thing every day? And they don't want to. They don't want to make a change, you know. They go the same. Direct, they go the same way every day when they go to work. They do the same thing every every way. And you know, sometimes God is saying, "Don't go that way. Don't do that this time." You know, you need to take a different course. This path, this is going to get you on the wrong direction. So God is telling us, you know, um, He's going to lead us by our trees, but we have to be we have to be teachable. So faith and patience is an important factor here. And I was thinking about that because I've never been known to be the most patient person in the world. I'm usually a person that, um, I just want things to be done. I don't like to drive. I just want to be there. Anybody done that? Just, I just want to be there. So I think it's why I like heaven so much. I'll just get, I'll just be there, you know, <laughs> but I, I, don't like to get there. I don't like to, I don't like to go all these different ways. I'm not patient enough. I'm working on that. That's an area that God's saying work on it and I am. But in Hebrews uh, 3:10-36, he says you have need of patience that after you have done the will of God you might receive the promise. So you know if God is leading us around the right direction and we're going down the right course and maybe it's not looking exactly the way that we think it should. If we by faith and patience stay the course and not get off the path then God is going to Show up on our behalf and great things are going to happen. I love what the message Bible says. It says, but if you stick it out, stay in with God's plan so you'll be there for the promised completion. See, God's got a plan for us. He's got a completed plan for us. And he doesn't want us to get off on something else. Uh, he wants us to stay focused. Now, we just recently got a little puppy. And he's different from what we've had before. We've always had big Great Danes, so we went from a big Great Dane to a four-pound mini Border Collie, and he's tiny. And so when he goes outside, he loses his attention. He gets distracted, and so you know he goes around. He knows what he's supposed to do, but he gets distracted. He hears a sound or something, and it gets him off the course of what he's been, what his what his purpose was when he was to go outside. Well, that's what happens sometimes with us as Christians. If we're not careful, we'll get distracted and get off that course that God has called us to, because, you know, that's what the enemy wants. He doesn't want you to see the completed plan that God has for your life. I love Psalms 37:23, and it says, "The steps of a good man are directed and established by the Lord when he delights in His ways and his way of life, and he busies himself in every step." That's pretty powerful. Psalms 119, 105 says, the word um, is a lamp unto our feet and a light for my path. So as we begin to think about the paths that God has put us on, what we need to remember is the word is what we use to guide us and to lead us. We look at the rhema word and we look at the spoken word. God has words that he speaks to us and he says, do this and do that. And we need to be careful to hear what he has to say. Because he has a a path that he wants us to go on. I believe collectively and, and not only individually here as Christians, God has a direction for you. Some of you are starting new things in your life and God has a direction for you. And he doesn't want you to get off that path. He wants you to stay focused on it. He wants you to hear what he has to say so that you can see the completed results of what he has for you. And I can tell you right now, it's pretty powerful. God himself establishes the path and we have to understand that because he has established the path, the path is valuable and has a valuable purpose for our life. And that's why I love Psalms 119, where it says, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Uh, Proverbs four eighteen, you know, and I would encourage you to write these scriptures down. It says, but the path of the just is as a shining light that shines brighter and brighter into the perfect day. That was one of the very first scriptures I learned as a Christian. I loved it because I thought my path that I'm on, that God has put me on, that he has set me on, it's going to shine brighter and brighter into that perfect day. And what makes that day that perfect day? That day when I've seen it to the completion that God has called me to. It's pretty powerful. Hebrews 12, 13, what other purpose would we have for staying on the path? Well, listen to this one. He says, mark out a straight path for your feet, happy paths that you go in the right direction. Then those who follow you, though they're weak and lame, will not stumble and fall, but will become strong. There are people that are going to follow you now. I know that we tell people don't follow me Paul said don't follow me you follow me as I follow Christ. Well, how would we know if he's following Christ if we don't know what the word says people are going to look at you they're going to look at me and we're going to lead them to the Lord hopefully that's the goal. And so, yes, there, there are things that we need to know that when we're on that, when we're marking out that path that God has called us on, that it is a happy path, God's wanting us to know, and that there will be people that will follow us on that path. So we got to stay course. Now, that's a heavy, heavy, a little bit of pressure. <laughs> right? But God says that his burden is light. So we can carry these things because God is going to be with us. He's going to lead us. Remember, he said, I will lead you along the best pathway of life. I love Psalms uh, one thirty nine three. It says, you chart the path ahead of me and you tell me where to stop and you and to rest. Every moment, you know where I am. A long time ago, the Lord told me when I was, talk, I was doing a teaching on rest, he said, rest means remembering uh my uh his promises every step of the way. I want to know where God's promises are for me. I need to stop and rest every step of the way. And God says, I've charted this path out for you. This is the time for you to stop and rest. This is a time for you to be in my presence. This is a time for you to come on Wednesday and to pray, you know, and, and to make your requests known unto God and to and to share uh your dreams and visions and the things. Things that you have with your heavenly father. I love this one. Psalms 25:10. all the paths of the Lord are mercy and truth unto such as keep his covenant and his testimonies. So see his word is what we use to guide us while we're on the path that he leads us on. And his word is truth. So when you feel, if you ever get in a situation where you really don't know, you know, what is truth? Go into the word because his word is truth. You will get the direction that you need by the word of God. God, through prayer tonight, God will not tell you something that is not true. He, he is a God of truth and he will tell you the truth. He'll even tell you if you need to do, if there's some pruning that needs to be done. You know, I always hate that. And I, When David goes outside and prunes our flowers... They're so beautiful, they look so good, and then he'll go out there and start nipping them, and then they, they just look awful. They look awful. And I've seen him do that right in front of my eyes. I've seen him just clip beautiful roses, and all of a sudden they look terrible. So I always tell people, if I look a little stubby, God is just doing some work on me. <laughs> He's just doing a little bit of clipping, I mean, but just be patient, because God's going to complete that work in my life. So, I, so think about this. One of the most major tragedies that we have in this world is that sometimes we find ourselves deterring from the word of God. We change the traditions of what God's word says and we try to substitute it with other things. Sometimes we trade um, our studies We we study the word. We instead of studying the Bible, we study books and things like that, which is good. I'm I'm not saying that's not bad, but let's don't replace it with what God's Word says, because every word of God is pure, and He's a shield unto them that put their trust in Him. That's what Proverbs says in thirty verse five. So it's very important that we stay coarse in the Word of God, because if we if we don't, we can find ourselves confused and begin to waver in what God has for our life and make decisions while we're wavering and you never want to make a decision like that. You want to sit, sit still when you find yourself in a situation like that. Remember the story in 1 Kings in 18, chapter 18, 16 through 39, where Elijah challenged the people to stop wavering in their faith? Um, I thought that was really an interesting story. Um, if you'll remember the story, the people would come to Elijah, and when Elijah was around, they wanted to uh, serve the God. They wanted to serve Jehovah God. But when the prophets of Baal were around, they wanted to serve Baal. They could not make up their mind Who they wanted to serve. Did they want to serve God? Did they want to serve Baal? I mean, it was was crazy. So I feel, I call it shock treatment. I think Elijah, he just, in verse 21, he said, How long are you going to waver between two opinions? He said, If God is God, then follow him. And let God be God of your life. And he, of course, after that, the people were silent. I think sometimes when you have shock treatment, you know, you are a little silent. And, you know, I'm not saying anyone in here is doing that. But I'm saying sometimes we find ourselves, we're, we're, we say that we are following God. And well, we're around a group of strong Christians, where we know how to talk that Christian talk. And then when we're around people that are not Christians... Are we serving the Lord? And we need to ask ourselves that uh, those questions. We need to examine ourselves. The Bible tells us that we should examine our lives to see if we are doing what we're supposed to be doing. And, and I do that. I examine my life. I'm thinking, God, I, I want to serve you all the time. If you're God uh, in my life, I want you to be God in my life all the time, in the good times, in the bad times. I don't want to waver and be unstable on the path that you had put me on. So, you know, Elijah, of course, you know, the story ends where he challenges the people and, and, you know, he, um, he trusted God in doing that and wonderful things happened in the end. I love the scripture in 831. It says, if God is forced then who can be against us? Sometimes when I'm on a path and I'm unsure about it what God wants us to do I mean, you know most of us know we had to make some changes when when david, you know retired resigned I don't know which word to use. He stepped down whatever from ministry or from pastoring after 30 something years What path did you want us to go on lord? I had to be stable. We had to be stable We had to have we had to be in the word. Where did you want us to go? There were many directions We could have went And probably been happy in some of those but when you are in where God wants you to be, man, it's, that's, that's the best place ever. I mean, I'm telling you what, he makes those places, he makes those paths plain and straight, he says. He makes those crooked places straight, and it's, so it's amazing to see that. So I would say if you make a decision to serve the Lord, then stay connected to him. Be determined that you're not going to get off the path no matter what. It, you know, if, if somebody else stumbles and fall, you don't have to stumble and fall with them. Be a person that can lift him up and pick them up and help them through prayer, which we were going to be having here in just a little bit. Um, the Bible tells us in, in Matthew 6:24, he says, no man can serve two masters. And we need to remember that. For either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will stand by and be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. So we need to know we can't serve God fully if we're serving the world. We have to make a decision and not be unstable and stay focused because I'm telling you, God is fixing to do something great. He's not even just fixing to do something great. He is doing something great. He is doing something great in this church and in this body, and He wants us to be stable. He wants us to be strong. He wants us to hold together so that when, if times of testing do come, because they do, the Bible says it rains on the just and the unjust. Remember the wise man? He built his house, the foolish man built his house. The rains came on both. But because the wise man built his house and listened to God, he listened to what he needed, the materials that he needed, what he needed to do. He was patient and was able to build his home when the floods came, he was able to withstand what the enemy did was trying to destroy. And that's what, that's why God is saying he wants us to be stable. He wants us to be strong because the enemy is always going to try to get you to waver in the will of God for your life. He's going to try to get you to waver in fulfilling your destiny. And he's going to try to get you to waver in your faithfulness. Remember that. And the other thing is, is He's going to try to get you to waver in your commitment to God and to others and to church. And as a, you have a spirit of determination, you're like, that's not going to happen. Because I am determined that me and my house, we're going to serve God. And we're going to do it with, with great, great a- expectation. So when we make a decision to walk with God, we choose life. The Bible tells us that in Deuteronomy 30, 19, I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. I love this scripture. He says, he encourages you. He says, therefore, choose life. That's an encouragement from God. I've given you the decision to make, but choose life. I want you to choose life. And so he does that so that we can live and that our seed can live, he says. So with each decision, there's a course of action that follows, and there's a consequence of that action. So I just wonder, what would happen if we as children of God would stop and prayerfully contemplate when we come today and really think about the direction in which we are about to move? What God says about that? What are the consequences of our decisions, and what will they be? What will happen to you and to your loved ones if you choose to serve the Lord God? and love the Lord and walk in his ways. Wouldn't that be powerful? Just what would you see? How would you see it? So God begins to speak, and he says, in order to be determined, though, we have to exercise discipline in our life and in our walk. 2 Peter 1, 5, and I focus on verse 6, it says, And exercising knowledge develops self-control. Self-control is a form of self-discipline. So think about it. When you have a desire to walk with God and you're determined to stay on course, then you will be encouraged to live a disciplined life so you can keep yourself on on that path. Now, no one likes that word. That's, I call it the D word. No one likes it. <laughs> Who wants to be disciplined? I mean, the Bible tells us that he gives us a love and power and a self-disciplined mind. And sometimes, you know, when I think about that, when I got saved, I didn't have a disciplined mind. I, I thought whatever I wanted to. If I didn't like you, I thought about it. If I didn't like the way you dressed, I thought about it. And if you said something about me and I wanted to say something, I thought about that too. I just thought about whatever I wanted to thought about. There was no discipline. And so when I got saved and God began to talk to me how I had to discipline my mind, that was scary. I'm thinking, seriously, I got to change the way I think? Because... If we don't discipline ourselves, we can find ourselves in a lot of trouble because discipline is training and it produces obedience and self-control. One of the scriptures um, that I really like uh, that is found in uh, Proverbs twenty-five, twenty-eight, and it says, He who has no rule over his own spirit is a city that is broken down and without walls. It's important to have discipline in our life. And, and, you know, I mean, it, it just, it doesn't come overnight. That's why it's a growing process. That's why we grow and develop in God. And, and we, and we allow, uh, we give our brothers and sisters the benefit of the doubt because we're all at different levels and in, in areas in our Christian walk. What we have to remember is that when the world looks at us, they see us as Christians. They don't say, oh, that's a young Christian in the Lord. I've never heard a a person that's in the world say that. I've heard them say, they go to church and they're a Christian and look what they did. Or they don't say, "Uh, that person is a carnal Christian. (laughs) They don't know the difference, or that You know, we got. We have to understand when they look at us. They look at us as Christians as a whole. Now we know that we have to grow and we have to develop, and we gotta input the word in our lives, and we gotta spend time in prayer because it's a growing process. Where it's a constant development of who we are in Christ. But that's the key. It's a development. We're not gonna stay. See, when you're on a path, you don't just stay there. If God put me on the path, uh, you know, like when I get ready to go to work and I drive in, I'm on my path. But what if I just stay in my driveway? I'm on the path. (laughs) But I'm not moving. We have to move. We have to grow. We have to have progress in our Christian walk. And so I always think, you know, Lord, am I growing? Am I developing? Am Am I doing the things that you want me to do? Yes, I, I hope I am and I pray that I am. That's one of the things that I pray about. So we, we have to uh, understand that our attitude has a lot to do with that. Some people are very happy with right where they're at. But I tell you what, you miss out on the goodness of God. Just move forward. Where God, when God says to move, move. When God says to stay, stay. If God says get off this course and go over there, do it. Because that life of discipline, even though you may not want to, man, that's going to take you to a place that that you just you just are going to be excited to be in. So. Ephesians 4, three says that we have to renew our minds. The Amplified says it this way, that we have to renew, uh, be renewed in the spirit of our mind. So self-control means that we have the authority to regulate and direct and to dominate a situation. It takes a personal choice to regulate one's thoughts. I cannot regulate your thoughts, and you can't regulate mine. It takes a choice in our half, and that takes discipline in our life. And that discipline comes from us being in the Word of God. Um, A life filtered through the word of God, Philippians 4, 8 says, give us the filtering. It gives us a filtering process when it says what we should think on, you know, uh, whatever things are true and worthy and honorable and pure and kind and of a good report. Boy, when I started realizing, wow, I don't think what I was just thinking about that sister over there was really good and kind and a good report that's a filtering process that helps us grow and develop and there are there are areas that that will help us in self discipline and this is a critical hour that we're living in. And when, you know, just think of it this way. When you go to the emergency room and you're in critical condition, they do different things to a person that's in critical care versus a person that just comes in and doesn't have have real serious issues. Well, we're in a critical hour, the Bible says. And we need to be sober and we need to rule our spirit. We need to be people that can control our body through, through of course, the Holy Spirit and the Word of God and what God has given us to help us grow and develop. But we also need to look carefully how we live. The Bible talks about that in Ephesians 5 and 16. He says, look carefully how you live. And, you know, the the Amplified Bible puts it this way. Do not be unwise and witless. (laughs) I don't want to be called witless, you know, or unwise. But understand what the will of God is for your life and, and know where he is planting you and what his plans and purposes are for you. And stay sober-minded. In Romans 12, 3, it says, For I say, through the grace given unto me, every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly. He's not saying that you should down yourself. Just don't put yourself up on a pedestal and think soberly. Have you ever been around a person that's not sober? I mean, I i mean, I, I don't drink, but I'll tell you, I've definitely been drunk in the Holy Ghost before. <laughs> and you, you, you look like a, a drunk person. Trust me, sometimes you're like, that's crazy. But a person that is not sober, they can't walk straight. David watches those shows sometimes on the police, and they'll have somebody come out, you know, not they want you to touch, they've been drinking, and they, they're under the influence, and they want to touch their nose or have them walk straight line, and they can't do it. Something that is so simple and so easy when you have sober thinking, when your mind is alert, and, and, and so the enemy, you know, he wants us to get off those courses of how we think and what we do, and God is saying we need to think soberly. Paul says, you know, for us to do that in Ephesians 5 and 6, and the word soberly really means here in the Greek that you're to think sensibly. Remember, don't be wise and witless. But understand understand what God has for the church here understand where your place is in this body begin to think with a seriousness of mind the things that God has for you Um, it means to think reasonably to think realistically one commentator says that the word means to recognize your limits and respect them and I I think that was a good way of putting that Um, we need to be serious and thoughtful in our demeanor and quality and not under the influence. And we need to be serious. In other words, we don't need to be under the influence of the world and what the world says and what the world thinks and what the world's views are and what the world's opinions are and what the, you know, we need to know what does God say about it? Well, in second Corinthians 10 15, he said, we need to bring into captivity every thought into the obedience of Christ and when I think about bringing something into captivity, I'm thinking, man, you know, I look at my little baby dog. He's just a little tiny thing. I love him very much. Okay. And he gets in that little old cage and I feel like we have put him in captivity and he feels it, <laughs> but he, he sleeps good at night, but that captivity it, it brings limits. See, and so when you bring those thoughts into captivity, you're not allowing yourself to just think whatever you need to think. You're thinking on things that are good and lovely and a good report, and you are, you're doing the will of what God has for your life. So God wants us to control control that. So in a nutshell, we're gonna stop here with this. In a nutshell, this is what Paul said and I'm gonna read it directly out of the message Bible and I love it because it kind of puts it all together for, for me anyway. And and it's in Philippians three and he says, I'm not saying that I have it all together. So I'm just telling you, this is me. I'm not saying I have it all together, okay? Or that I've made it. But Paul says, but I am well on my way, reaching out for Christ, who has so wonderfully reached out for me. Friends, don't get me wrong. By no means, I do not count myself an expert in all of this, but I have an eye on the goal. See, that's the the path. God has us. He says, I have the goal. Where God is beckoning us onward towards Jesus. I am off and running, and I'm not turning back. I am determined. So let's keep focused on that goal, those of us who want everything that God has for us. If any of you have something else in mind, something less than total commitment, then God will clear your blurred vision. You'll see it yet. Now that you're on the right track, he says, let's stay on it. it we're citizens of the high heaven, and we're waiting for the arrival of the Savior, the Master, who will... See if I can get this last part out. Transform our earthly bodies into glorious bodies like his own. He made us beautiful and whole as it should be under and around him. Talking about a goal, talking about a mission, talking about saying on the past so that we can share this great, wonderful life as a Christian with others that need it so desperately. God is so good. So tonight we have an awesome responsibility and privilege to pray, and that's what we're going to do. So we're going to open up prayer, and I don't know if we have any music or anything that we can put on, and Kent, do you want this, or? Okay.
0: That's a wonderful word. Thank you. Wasn't that powerful? Wow, Yes. You know, as she was sitting there speaking, I thought how powerful it is for all of us to understand that we have a destiny, we have a, we have a path to follow, and my mind was just going every which way, in the different kinds of uh, thoughts about the assignment, and the different things that God has for us. And if you would, I want you all to come up here. We're going to do something a little different tonight. We're going to, we're going to pray, but I want you all to come and stand, if you would, just for a moment for me. Uh, if you'll just give me a little bit of time here, we're going to do a few things, and then we're going to... Pray over some things.